Is Mason Rudolph the quarterback, or isn't he? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Kevin Colbert said, this was on Monday in his meeting with reporters at Heinz Field, that if the season were to start today, Mason would be our quarterback. There are so many ways to interpret that, not least of which is that if the season were to start today, Mason is the only quarterback currently on the roster. You know? So you could do that too. But skipping past semantics, because Colbert did go on to say more than once of Dwayne Haskins that the Steelers do expect to have him back and that he could be a starter himself. Me, the way I took it, based on many years of communicating with Colbert, and I'd like to think that I know when he's sending along a meaningful signal, is that it's Mason's job to lose. Now, this, of course, put people into a total tizzy, and I strongly suspect that that has a lot to do with the fact that there's virtually nothing going on in the football world at the moment. And when you had someone come along and at least sound like they were anointing a starter, that was going to qualify as news. And anytime there's news in a dry period and the hot takes guys haven't had anything at all to craft hot takes over other than whatever Aaron Rodgers might or might not say to Pat McAfee that day, then they're going to get desperate. And they're going to sound a lot like Ryan Clark did on ESPN yesterday. If Mason Rudolph is the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers entering 2022, they are no longer the Pittsburgh Steelers I loved or the fans of Pittsburgh loved. They're no longer the team that decides every offseason we are going to try to compete for a championship. That we feel like the roster we have constructed is championship worthy and championship ready. Mason Rudolph, no doubt, is 5-4-1 as a starter. The defense also averaged giving up only 13 points in the five games that they won. Which means, if a team scores more than 13 points when Mason Rudolph is the quarterback, you're going to lose. And that's who he is. Mason Rudolph is a very average NFL quarterback, not an average NFL starter, an average NFL quarterback. He has shown that. And sometimes we have to be able to say we were wrong. Sometimes we have to be able to say that that first round grade we had on that guy was wrong, which was probably why throughout the first 64 picks in the first two rounds, nobody else picked him either (laughs) because he wasn't that dang good. 
Yeah. And this is not a situation where I want to bash Mason Rudolph, but we have to look at the film and realize what the film says. This isn't a guy that can beat Lamar Jackson. This isn't a guy that can beat Joe Burrow. And he certainly can't compete with the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allens, and Justin Herberts of the world. So if this is what the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing, they're saying that in 2022, we do not want to win a championship. Come on, man. Listen, take this from someone who really respects RC. Uh, and, and I did so as a player. I did so as someone that I worked with. I believed back then that he had a future in media. And there's been nothing that he's achieved since then that had cast any doubt on that. He's a talent. He's a real talent. And he's passionate. And he's a former Steeler. And all of that rolled up into one big ball doesn't make that stance anything other than hot take windbaggery, which is all it was. He was desperate, RC was, yesterday to make sure that everybody was talking about him because there hasn't been anything else to discuss related to football for a while. And that's a BS move on his part. It really is. Mind you, this has nothing to do with his actual stance on Rudolph. I really don't care how people feel about Mason Rudolph. I haven't exactly taken up space in his camp over the years. But I do take interest in subjects of coverage and fairness as it relates to the Steelers, since that's kind of what I do for a living. And this was out of line, and really out of whack with reality. There's no chance R.C. believed one syllable of what he said there. Not one syllable. And normally, as longtime listeners and or readers can attest, I don't really engage in this kind of stuff. I don't even pay attention to it or acknowledge it. But I am this time because I want to really underscore what a hot, hot issue this is going to be over the next few months. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Before long, the Steelers are going to be partaking in a draft. And shortly after that, there will be a rookie camp, and then OTAs, and then mini camp, and then the real camp. And I believe that it's going to behoove everyone involved, beginning with Mike Tomlin since he runs the show, to have and to make known a default starter at the quarterback position. And I further believe that Colbert saying what he did, which he would never just accidentally roll out to the public, represented the first phase of that. No, Colbert didn't promise that Rudolph was going to be the starting quarterback at the season opener. 
he didn't promise Rudolph anything other than that he's got a contract for next year, which he already knows. But there are a lot of pluses to be had from the Steelers, from management on down to players, and maybe even including people like me and you, feeling that there's at least a default at the position, that it's not just twisting in the wind, because that's uncomfortable for everyone. This team, this roster, as I've been saying here for a few weeks now, has legit talent on both sides of the ball, in particular on defense. They're not about to go into some massive strategic rip-up-the-structure-rebuild. They're just not. And as such, they need to go into this spring and this summer not thinking, oh no, we're a team without a quarterback. So what does Colbert do? Colbert sets it down here. Listen, if this season were to start today, Mason Rudolph would be our quarterback. And he went on to point out that Rudolph is 5-4-1 as a starter in the NFL, and he's had some unusual circumstances thrust in there in 2019 when Ben got hurt, and even this past season, finding out Saturday night that he'd be the one playing the Lions, and then he really should have beaten the Lions. He wasn't the one that fumbled the ball the way Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth did. Everyone should have been talking about how Mason Rudolph made that W happen. So if you ask me, pay way more attention to the efforts that were made by Colbert to establish some equilibrium than to the raving, inauthentic hysterics that Ryan Clark put forth yesterday. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Today's J1Q comes from Freeman Burgess, who asks, Your daily shots trend negatively in terms of your view of the Steelers, especially their head coach. Given the 2021 cap, an aged quarterback with a heavy cap hit, I feel the Steelers did well. Some of the games were ugly, but wins are wins. I think cap management was the big issue in 2021. What say you? Well, Freeman, the first thing I have to say after thanking you for sending this J1Q in is to go at your very first line there. Your daily shots trend negatively in terms of your view of the Steelers, especially the head coach. My views, whether it's on Steelers, Penguins, Pirates, or hopefully anything in life, are going to trend per the subject matter. And the Steelers had what I appreciated and applauded as a successful season within the scope of a lot of things that had gone wrong, particularly on the offensive line, which you didn't mention. I felt it was a credit to Ben Roethlisberger, first and foremost, but also to T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, and everyone who made things happen on the defense, but also to 
to Tomlin that the Steelers were able to stick with it and ultimately get a little lucky with some totally stunning help from Jacksonville in the final week that they made it to the playoffs. If you go back and either listen to my podcasts at that time or read the columns that I wrote at the time from the scene of all of these games, you'll find that that's really well supported. I don't overthink this job. I don't try to manufacture a stance and then have it stick to something. I'm at these games. I cover these teams. I'm around them. I feel whatever is positive or negative, and that's going to be what gets reflected in my work, which I hope and trust you'll find to be honest the longer that you listen and or read me. That said, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you that cap management was the main issue. It was an issue. I don't believe that this team should have ever had $10.25 million in free cap space, but they did, and I don't believe that it was an excuse that they found out about David DeCastro too late in the summer because even though the free agency market had dried up, they still could have made trades. They still could have acquired other players, not necessarily stars, but maybe another Trey Turner type to try to settle things down on the line. Freeman, I'm continuing to point my finger in the same direction. I've pointed it for nearly a calendar year now, and that is this, that Tomlin, Colbert, and Art Rooney II, all three of them, were culpable for the state of that offensive line through the 2021 season. That's not to suggest that those Steelers would have been Super Bowl contenders or anything like that, but a lot, a lot of what went wrong on both sides of the ball wouldn't have had the Steelers had just a competent, like a remotely competent offensive line. And it was dereliction of duty on the part of all three of those gentlemen, and equally so, I might add, to have entered that season with a handful of prayers rather than players on that line. And that's how I would cast this group at that point in time. Dan Moore's a fourth-round pick. You're just rolling him out there. Kevin Dotson disappointed everybody last summer in his preparation. Rolled him out there. Kendrick Green had played four games of center in his collegiate career. Just rolled him out there. Turner, I've already mentioned, and there's Chooks Okorafor, who's... <sighs> Chooks was still going to have to be classified as a project. No matter what you think of his raw physical tools, which I think are awesome, or his overall development and maturation as a lineman, of which I think a lot less. This was it. This was it, Freeman. This was about the offensive line. So to me, that's not a matter of trending negative or this or that or whatever. The Steelers did something last summer that I feel was very un-Steelers-like in their approach to this vital, vital, critical positional group. And here's hoping that in 2022, these same intelligent, capable, and largely successful men 
won't make that mistake again. I really appreciate the question. That's good stuff. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers, and we will do another one tomorrow.